3: Culture is the substance of your program, then branding is the style. Today we share insight from 6 coaches plus a branding expert on why branding is important to your program, unit, or position group and how to successfully create a brand that represents who you are collectively. Why is the concept of branding so important? Well, branding provides recognition within a team and community. It tells your story and can establish trust and a sense of consistency and can help you achieve different objectives, like a more cohesive group of players or being able to fundraise. Branding, marketing and public relations are about what you do after you establish a culture. It's a process of creating a reference point for your team, unit, position, culture and what it represents. It can help create excitement and loyalty and it helps forge connections which you can then develop into important interactions and relationships our first coach, Rob Pomazak is the head coach at St. Charles North in Illinois. In this segment he talks about how he gets the message out about his program and why it's an important part of what he does as the head coach.
2: Yeah, I think if we're talking strategic planning that's gonna be the vision aspect of it. And the marketing, branding, public relations aspect is really kind of the, the mission, the day-to-day operations of how you're gonna get your, get your message out to the public. From a marketing standpoint, it really comes down to just figuring out what your strategies are going to be. How do you want to get your, your program out to the community, wherever the target audience is going to be? You know, that could be through social media, that could be through philanthropy, program events, and then good old fashioned guerrilla marketing. When you, I mean, I go out to the football league right now that has 600 kids on a Sunday and I'm out there stuffing flyers into their windshield wipers so that they can (laughs) see when our summer camps are and, I set up a tent there and if they have questions and just kind of have conversations with them. So a lot of it is time consuming, but I do think that if you're in it for the right reasons, you always get something back from it. So it's kind of selfish because I truly enjoy doing it. I mean, from a marketing standpoint, there's a million and one ways to get it out there. I just think that you have to pick a few, pick the ways that are going to be convenient for you. Again, like we've talked about you and I, that football operations, I recently started one here at our, at our school. And, it's amazing how many kids want to be a part of that. We've got somebody who's working our 2D media now. We have somebody who's going to be working our social media channels. And it's great to have kids who are kind of in the thick of it running it because they're going to they're access and meet the people that you want in a different way that maybe you never thought about. Because I'm 40, I'm going on 41, and, you know, what I think is cool and what I think is good marketing might not necessarily attract that incoming freshman or maybe that kid who's thinking about playing but hasn't. From a branding standpoint, the thing for us is you always want to get a positive outlook of your program, and we kind of tie it into public relations. First thing that we always look at is what do we want people to gain from the exposure to our program, and we always tie it back into our beliefs and our mission. We also kind of tie in the public relations aspect of things. If we're going to get our program out to the public, then it's got to support the beliefs and the mission of the program and it has to be positive. We're never gonna put something out there that is negative in any way, something that may be inferred in a different way. It's always going to support the program and be something that is gonna be a positive aspect and a builder to the program. The only thing that I would say is make sure you check with your district because in our district, we can't use Instagram, but we can use Twitter. So we just have, you always have to make sure that you're working within your district guidelines so that you can use the media that they've approved. From a branding standpoint, like different things that we've done in our program, and I kind of highlighted in the articles, is we try to give a, a D one feel on a D non budget. <laughs> so we we'll, I mean, I'll look and see what different programs are doing and we fundraise one fundraiser every year. And we definitely allocate part of that money to program enhancements. And one of the things that I'll do at the end of every season is I'll ask our, our seniors to be, to give me a list of 10 things that they want us to do. And we're going to try our best to make them happen. And one of them last year was Locker Room Enhancement. So we went through and put up a whole bunch of artwork and a a big acrylic emblem on our ceiling. Just those things that are going to make the program really proud and something that separates us from the masses. From a branding aspect, it's always about how can you develop the program and then how can you make the kids feel good about what they're doing because they're giving so much time.
3: And I know a big part of this is, as you mentioned, be intentional when you're doing these things that you want to look for those opportunities, but it's not just throwing everything out there. You want to be intentional about how you do this.
2: Yeah, you have to edit. You know, I have a, I have a calendar, a culture calendar that we use and, and I'll, I'll just jot ideas down and we're the event planners of our program kind of have to produce and direct everything from practice plans to scheme. So we get used to it, but you really got to kind of take a look at what's going to give us the most return, What's gonna be fun? What can we feasibly do from a financial standpoint? Like those are all the things that you wanna be deciding as you go through it. And as much as we wanna try everything, I would say do things that you know you can accomplish. Also listen to your kids because it's really great when they ask you to do something and then it materializes. You get a lot of support from the parents because then the kid goes home and he's like, oh, we asked coach to do this and he surprised us and he did it. And it just shows that you're listening because as head coaches, I think the vision of some people who are not on the inside might think that you're you're never listening to what people are saying. And that's not really the truth. I think we get flooded as head coaches with so much information that we have to decide what's important to the program and what can we implement with what we're doing. And then every year, you just got to kind of modify it. Like I don't think we've ever run the same program two years in a row. I, I always feel like I have that, that rookie mentality where every year is the first year because culture is dynamic. It's living and breathing. If, if you think that you can just rely on what you did last year, that might have been great for last year's group, but this year's group is completely different, and you have to listen to what they want, but you also have to find where their deficits are, where is the program at currently, and what how do we develop the program to take the next step? Like for us, we had a really successful season last year. We were fortunate to get to the state championship. We didn't win. But now that we've taken that step as a program, how do we still grow the program unquantifiably? The wins are there, but we still need to grow the program's culture and keep it strong. And, and we're looking at the program from a different perspective now. And so now we have to decide what's going to be viable, what's going to be the best avenue for us to explore to keep everything moving forward.
3: When we spoke with Kareem Reed in this segment from USA Football's National Conference, He was the head coach at Westlake High School in Atlanta, Georgia. He is now a quality control and defensive line coach for the Florida Gators. In this segment, he relates how in the programs he took over as a head coach, it was very important to establish a brand in order to create excitement, recruit his hallways, and get the student body excited about what they were doing. He shares his approach to branding his team and some of the specifics which he recommends.
4: When I first took over a program down in Florida um, at Coconut Creek High School, we uh, didn't have anything to sell as far as the program, no tradition, no history of winning, no history of putting players out. And so I thought, you know, what, what could be something that we can bring to the table to make our program stand out and be different and attract guys and make them wanna be a part of the program. And so the first thing I did was take advantage of social media. Um, we created a, a Twitter account um, and we put everything on there, uh, our workouts, uh, what we were wearing, Um, We did uh, college tours and different camps that our kids were at, and we just took pictures and put it on, and it it created a buzz for us, and it kind of, like you said, attracted kids and made people kind of take an interest in in Coconut Creek, and then when I got to Westlake, I kind of did the same thing because I felt as if the brand, uh, even though it was known in Atlanta, wasn't known outside of you know the 404 uh, area code and so I wanted to kind of expand the brand and that was the the approach I took with the administration when I interviewed and it's kind of taken off for us and again it's it's done good things for us and and, and attracted people that want to be a part of it.
3: It's not an easy thing though to do that. It does take some thought and planning. Uh, It probably takes some other people getting involved and helping you out in that so what tips do you have to um, to be able to brand your program and, and use some of those things, like you mentioned, social media, to help what you're doing?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, again, just taking advantage of social media. The power of social media is, is amazing. Um, so I'd say put everything on there, uh, workouts. Um, and then also, you know, every time I, I got to a new place, I try to recreate our, our, our look. Um, I think mm-hmm. of parents as everything. Kids are into the uniforms. Um, so try to create funds so you can, you know, purchase those things and kind of create some excitement amongst, you know, what you guys wear um, on, a, on a weekly basis or even uh, like during the seven-on-seven seasons. Um, I think that's important as far as branding is concerned because kids, as, as trivial as we, we may think it is but as adults, the kids love it. And so uh, I think those are the important, important things.
3: Yeah, I think if you look at what they're doing at the higher levels, mm-hmm. you can start to to kind of gauge what really attracts – kids attention there's a reason that you know those big college programs are tweeting out certain things and have certain kinds of graphics or videos or certain types of of content that they're sharing because they know that it attracts that recruit to the school and in in the same way you take that down to your level you know it does recruit that junior high kid it does maybe get that kid who's in the hallway who's been on the fence for a long time or not sure sure, he wants to be a part of something
4: yeah, no doubt. Um, I know one thing we did at Westlake, I, for instance, uh, on our doors to our locker rooms and our football offices, we, we got them wrapped, you know, with graphics um, because we wanted to recruit the hallways. So, again, that was another form of branding the program. We put Westlake football and had our logo on the doors, and it just kind of stood out from everywhere else in the school. So when kids are walking around from PE class, like you said, that big six-four lineman that doesn't play football, now he sees, you know, Mm, what's going on in that room? You know, uh, those are just things and ideas that I can kind of give. Same thing you said about graphics. Um, you know, our spring schedule will kind of make it look cool, put an action shot on there and just put out the dates and just tweet it out. So, yeah, I do steal a lot from, from colleges, and, and I think, again, recruiting your hallways in high school is important, so make your program stand out by doing little things like, you know, wrap your doors or, mm-hmm. you know, put up post- posters and stuff like that of the program.
3: The, the thing I like, too, about social media is, I mean, it's instant. You can get that information out right away. You look at, you know, we're about to hit spring ball maybe in a a few weeks. I think some colleges are starting this week Mm -hmm. that, you know, they'll name a a player of the day, you know, in their practice and do things like that. And again, just pushing out who they are, what they believe in, all those kinds of things. Um, When you look at, what you're doing. Is it something now that you're, you're just handling this on your own or do you have some people who help you with that?
4: Yeah, I, I, I do some of it, most of it on my own, actually, because um, I'm have blessed to have assistants that can kind of free me up and I kind of see CEO that thing. And so I have a strength coach. He, he runs the weight room. Uh, so while he's in there, I may take a few snaps uh, of what the kids are doing or even some video. Um, same thing, maybe even at practice at certain times, just during warm-ups, you know, um, they take a few shots here or there, and then, you know, we get ready to lock in. But it's all a part of the job. Um, and so, yeah, I run my, most of it myself. And then I, I have some uh, video guys that may get some extra footage for us as well.
3: The COVID shutdown was good for Marco Regalado. He was able to create his own brand on TikTok, impersonating different types of coaches. What became entertainment for us during a tough time led the opportunity for coach Regalado as he became the director of recruiting at Washington State and then rice where he now has the title of executive director of player personnel and in recruiting innovation in this segment he talked about what he learned about the power of social media in creating a brand
5: well like I talked about like before is like you make your commercial you make your brand and that like you can put that video everywhere like I remember at a, my my last job at Mathis, we had TVs in our field house. um, And those TVs were constantly displaying messages that we wanted our kids seeing. And some of them had highlights and stuff like that, but like, like we had a saying and we'd put it, put it up a different saying every week or something for the week. So we had like our branding and it was just a short little clip, but back then I didn't know what TikTok was or even then, but that had been an easy way to just, just like I uploaded to my phone to Twitter is just, take in that video, put it on a TV screen, make a little compilation of them. And then you got that role. And that's again, branding your, your, your program your, through social media.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We had coach Mark Solis, who's at Olentangy high school uh, just outside of Columbus, Ohio. And I'm sure he's got his team on it and he has a, a team of volunteers, kids in the school, right? I mean, Back when I played, the kids who volunteered, they were the water boys or they were the equipment managers, meaning they walked around the field and picked up the footballs and, you know, did all that kind of stuff like that. Well, Mark took and put together a team of kids who were good at social media, could use, um, you know, use video, do things like that. And he put some, he definitely put some uh, parameters on what they were allowed to do because he wanted the message consistency. And he, you know, he didn't want to do anything that was going to embarrass the program, but these kids, we went out and created those. And, you know, it's like, if you go to, you know, go to a big, big time college practice, and I can think of being at Ohio State and standing on a, the sidelines and they're indoor during spring ball and about 10 minutes before practice starts, just a, a whole slew of this, this team of students with cameras and all kinds of stuff is out and positions theirself around the field to just be capturing all this stuff. And that becomes the message. So I think What's neat about that, when you think about just expanding your program, right, taking what's, what's great for your student-athletes yeah. and why they want to be a part of it and find a way to make other kids a part of it, I think it's a unique opportunity and something we should look at as coaches as how can we make our football family bigger.
5: Well, you've definitely given me an idea about getting, like, a freaking TikTok team on the field. Like, that's genius. And you make, like, a, just a PSJ Memorial football TikTok. And then, you know, maybe some of the kids in the school are going to follow it. See how their classmates are doing and stuff like that. Can do player profiles, coaching yep. profiles, and then of course highlights here and there. But that's again a perfect example of the social media branding. Thank you. I must steal that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that that's not my idea. That's that's uh, Mark Solis. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And we'll link that. Uh, we'll link that one in the show notes. So uh, if you haven't heard that one, you can hear how Mark put that together. I think uh, it is an outstanding use and a way to expand your football family. Joe Matheson, Offensive Coordinator at the University of Wisconsin-River Falls, joined us to talk about their Top Gun offense, which in 2021 was number two in NCAA Division III in total yards at 544.3 yards per game. He talks about how he used his education and marketing to create a brand that his offensive unit took pride in.
6: You know, we call ourselves the Top Gun offense. I'll start there. We're hurry up, no huddle the so top gun offense we go fast we're trying to get that thing snapped as many times as we can we're ultra fast and you know some guys talk about we have the ability to change tempos you know we're a multiple tempo team we of course have that ability but it's really not who we are we're found, we're foundationally a fast team the next thing is we're ultra competitive so Hopefully, if we're doing the right things and we're efficient, we're going to snap it a lot of times. So, yeah, you want to be competitive against the teams you're playing, but our guys are competitive within our own team and within our own unit because if you're going to snap it – you know, we snapped it 117 times against in that bowl game. We snapped it 114 times against UW-Oshkosh the week before. You know, our starting tailback's not going to be in there 114 times. So I think there's been a level of buy-in with our guys, hey – Maybe I'm not the starter, but I might be able to get 30 reps this week if I'm on, on my path for the week. And then lastly, uh, we're, we're ultra-aggressive. Just It's changed how, how the game was called for us. You know, we went for it on fourth down 49 times. I mean, we we're really aggressive in how we call the game, and that's just part of our philosophy. And, you know, the, the branding side, the top-gun side of it, it really stemmed from the pandemic because it was really hard to be a division three football player in 2020. Mm-hmm. You had no games. There was a lot of uncertainty. You're not getting a full ride or anything like that at our level. So what can we do? And it's something I've thought about because in college coaching, we're all great recruiters or we all want to be great recruiters, but are we recruiting our coaches? Are we recruiting our current roster and I wanted it to be fun to be a part of our offense so something we did kind of took off our guys bought in to the top gun mentality where we're going to be aggressive and we wanted to just every day you're a part of this offense we want you to enjoy it because college football our guys give so much to be a part of this thing we want it to be fun for them so that was something we did during the pandemic that I thought helped us and carried over to this season
3: I'd love to hear the story of how the branding came about. So for you guys, how, how did you become the top gun offense? Where did that idea start? And how did you get it to catch fire?
6: Well, it's funny. You know, I, I went to business school. I got my MBA. I have a marketing background. So just thinking about tempo teams and and how, how we want to, how we want to play. And I, I think about the spaces our kids spend their time, right? Our guys are on their phones a ton. They just are. So, a lot of us are spending our time making all these recruiting graphics. And, I, you know, I, like I said, I thought about it because we were apart from each other during 2020. How can we message to our current roster and to our guys? Because those are the guys we want to take care of and have a level of buy-in with, too. So, that you know, that's where it really came from. And I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I had my hesitations because... If you don't do well, it can be. Hey, the Top Gun offense can get grounded pretty quick, right? And people will poke fun at you. But I, I just thought the the it, it, the plus or the upside of it was greater than that. You know, why why worry about what other people think when maybe it could have a positive influence on our, on our program and our kids? So we just went for it. We went all in. Of course, our head coach is all in on us. Our defensive coordinator's all in on it, and that's so important too. And that's the other thing I talk about is just. The staff alignment and buy-in, that, that really needs everything
3: something like this. Matt Guerrero joined me on... Matt Guerrero Matt is now the defensive coordinator at Tulsa after spending a year as an analyst at Ohio State and previously serving as co-coordinator at Duke In this segment, he talks about the brand and identity created for the Blue Devil defense and how they use branding to create a
0: cohesive unit. The next thing, right, is branding. Okay, so I'm really big on branding. So we've got our initial code, and now we're saying, okay, who are we on defense, right? So we're the Duke Blue Devils, so that's easy for us to call ourselves Devil Defense. I use hashtags for a lot of this stuff because social media is powerful. Right. So no different than some of you guys probably logged in because you saw it on Twitter this morning or yesterday or right. Keith has obviously done a great job of advertising these virtual clinics. Um, it's no different for our players. Right. Because they're on there every day or no different for recruits that we're trying to reach. Right. So we call ourselves devil defense. Right. So collectively as a whole, that's what we're going to be known as. The next thing is a huge piece of our brand. Right. What we call 60 minutes of Hell. So if anyone's ever studied Nolan Richardson or watched his basketball teams when he was at Arkansas, he's been a number of places, uh, but won a national title in basketball when he was at Arkansas, actually beat a, a Duke team in the national championship. They were known as 40 minutes of hell, right? He branded that. And, and they were press, full court press the entire game in your face, aggressive, nonstop, right? I, I want our guys to be that on defense, right? So what we, when we first established this, um, we actually showed them film of Arkansas's basketball team, full court press and in your face, disrupting things. Right. Another way to show this to your, to our guys is take two clips of routes versus air of an offense and look at how pretty everything looks and it's on time and they're hitting touchdown passes and you know double post, curl flat, different concepts. And then take some clips of seven on seven or team that has us in tight coverage and disrupting routes, right? Or that has a blitz on a quarterback. Right. And he's throwing off. It may be looking good in the back end, but he's completely, you know, disrupted. Right. So we want to apply that pressure. Right. And having that concept of well, we use, 60 minutes of hell. Right. Not 40 minutes. Okay, it may be 48 minutes if you're a high school coach. Right. But we don't want 30 minutes to a halftime or 15 minutes. It's got to be the same intensity level for us of 60 minutes. And obviously, 60 minutes of hell goes with our devil defense, Duke Blue Devils. That whole philosophy uh, kind of falls in line for us in our terminology. The next thing for us is, again, so this overall as a defense, double defense, 60 minutes of hell. Now let's talk about position groups, right? And Coach Cutcliffe talks about being the head coach of your position is really important for you. So the rushmen are a defensive line. Obviously, they are rushing the quarterback, right? But Ben Albert, who he and I are the two co-defensive coordinators at Duke, uh, he's absolutely phenomenal, one of the best in the country he calls his defensive line the Rushman. Do I think this is an absolute necessity that you name your position groups? No, but I do think that it helps you create culture, right? And a brand within them, right? So as a college coach from your current guys, after they leave, they still have that same identity, right? Coach Albert has a hashtag Rushman forever as an example. So they still feel part of that group. Um, and then also, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, right? So what, what are we recruiting at to what is our identity? Lanier, Lanier Gothy, our linebacker coach, um, he calls his linebackers the wild dogs, right? So that pack mentality for linebackers, they run the show in the front and the back. They're tough. They're relentless. Um, he's done an awesome job of branding those guys. And then for us in the back end, if you followed us for a long period of time uh, at Duke, our secondary, we call ourselves the coalition. So this this started way back uh, when Derek Jones was at Duke. He was watching uh, Animal Planet with his daughter sitting on the couch. Um, But we were trying to get our our DBs to get their eyes to the near hip of wide receivers or near hip tracking if I'm a safety running the angle on a a running back. Um, And if you watch a cheetah hunt, they're always looking at the near hip of their prey. Uh, Cheetahs normally hunt alone. If they do hunt in a group, it's only with their blood brothers and a group of cheetahs is known as a coalition. So that's what we've branded right, our secondary to be. Um, So this is us. So again, 60 minutes of hell encompasses the entire thing. And then Rushman, Wild Dogs, and Coalition is who we are uh, from a positional standpoint. That would immediately then go into a highlight video. So this is, again, our spring install, right? So this is a highlight video from the season. Um, And our guys are getting excited, right? It doesn't have to be a highlight. It could be, showing five plays of you winning the game in a two minute drill or something to say, okay, Hey, I want you to see yourself being successful in our system, right? If you buy into the things that we're teaching you, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be sacking the quarterback, right? Here's an example of Mike Carter and Kobe Kwanza with a big sack on third down on the road, uh, whatever it is, right. To show the guys, Hey, buy into what we're showing you. Okay. Here's the culture of how we do things. And if you do that, you're going to be successful, which is what every young man wants.
3: John Weaver is the receivers coach at Madison Ridgeland Academy in Mississippi. They just won their fourth straight championship and they'll be joining us on the podcast in the near future. But here's a preview on why he branded his receivers group and what it does for
7: them. So I'm going to go back to day one and we had a bunch of names picked out. Uh, I was letting the guys kind of morph and look names for groups is not any different than when you heard of the purple people leaders the orange crush the steel curtain so nicknames for groups has been they've been around forever what we did is we're going to make this our own and i started thinking about my dad's in the military and we want to be a subunit of the mra football program well a subunit of anything is either battalion or brigade we like the word brigade and we throw the ball we don't have we have like two air raid principles but we throw the ball and I was like, air raid brigade. Well, you try to say that one time fast, it's hard. So we just shortened it to ARB. So that's how it came to be. Now look, they wanted flight school, they wanted Moneyball, they wanted all these different things and they never really just stuck until I was like, what about ARB? And I explained it to them and then it happened. Well, they didn't know, they are like, what is this gonna look like? And hell, I didn't even know what it was gonna look like. I had no idea. All I knew was this thing was going to be for receivers and it would be exclusive to them only. And now we were like, what about tight ends? Like, eh, they get in the tackle box. We flex ours out some. So the tight ends are kind of like honorary members, but not exclusive. What about running backs? They flex out their honorary members. But if you want to be exclusive, you had to be, for us, you're outside the hash about 80% of the time. So that's how it started. We finish with Matthew Glick, an expert in
3: branding and the CEO of Gipper, a fast-growing platform used around the country by high school and college programs. He talks about consistency in branding, how to create consistency, and why that's important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's pretty cool. Every year we have something called the Standout Awards, the Gipper Standout Awards, where we highlight the best athletic departments in the country when it comes to social media. Um, I want to focus on just one right now who is our You know, this past year's award winner at the high school level. And I want to talk about the high school level because I think for a lot of your listeners, they're dealing with the challenge of, hey, it's just me, right? Or I don't have enough resources. I'm not the Mississippi State, right? I'm not the Clemson, the Duke that has um, a ton of resources available. And so I really want to speak to that about what's possible given limited resources, limited time, uh, which is a big challenge and a real challenge for a lot of people. Um, So this one school is called Tampa Prep. They're in Florida. They're a high school athletic department, and they were the winner of our standout awards. They are excellent, excellent across the board when it comes to social media. And I want to give you their handle so that people can go and take a look if they want to see and pull some things. But it's T Prep underscore athletics. So that's T as in Tim Prep underscore athletics. Check them out. Um, But what you'll notice when you immediately pull up On their profiles is the consistency in their branding and one of the things that we talk about all the time is how important presenting your program whether it's an individual program or a full athletic department the importance of presenting your program in a consistent manner because when it comes to brand building and building a strong digital brand consistency is key you need consistency in order to be recognizable and um, it's not necessarily like talking about hey you need your program to be recognizable nationally or internationally, right? That's not really the outcome that everyone is looking for, but you at least need to be recognizable within your community. And if you're displaying your program, particularly over social media, in an inconsistent fashion, it's, it's impossible uh, to be truly recognizable. And so one of the things that Tampa Prep does tremendously well is that consistent branding, which is a product of having official brand assets. Mm-hmm and an official style guide or brand book that communicates how you should use those assets. So one thing uh, we always focus on when you're talking about brand assets or a brand book or a style guide, it could be very, very expansive, right? You could go and pay as a program, as an athletic department, thousands and thousands of dollars to build something. But we see three things to be the most important and really fairly easy for an athletic program to put together and if you have these, you have a great foundation uh, for success on social media and uh, to have consistent branding. And that's making sure you have official logos, official colors, and official fonts for your program,
6: mm-hmm.
1: and that those are all documented in some sort of brand book with clear directions on how they should be used. So, for example, uh, for official logos, we hear a lot of you know schools or programs say, "Hey, you know, we have uh, logos that we use." The really important thing is to make sure that you have official logos. You know, for example, we say, hey, start with one or two, because we hear all the time issues where old logos are being used, right? Logos that were decommissioned five years ago that maybe a coach will find online and pull from a site not knowing, right? Or a logo that is the official athletic department logo that a coach then goes and adds a couple additional elements to make it specific to their program. You really want to avoid these things because it muddies the brand. If you have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 different logos in use on social media, you're having no consistency and you're not going to be able to build recognizability. So I say, Hey, one or two logos to start, maybe that's your school logo. And then you have a mascot logo for your athletic program and then document how those are supposed to be used within those brand guidelines. That way, when a coach keeps, is going to promote their football program on social media, they can just look to that brand book, that style guide, whatever you want to call it, go to the official logo section and see, okay, these are the two logos that I have to work with, and this is how I'm supposed to use them. It makes it really, really easy for folks and hard to mess up. Most times people aren't trying on purpose to muddy the brand or to make the program not look good visually. They just don't know.
3: Remember, all of this starts with culture. This is not a replacement for culture. This is not your culture. This group definitely shared some valuable ideas, though, on creating a brand. Whether it's your position group, unit, or team, branding can help you tell your story and move your group forward in a positive way. I will be at AFCA this weekend. You can find me at the Catapult booth on Saturday and Sunday. Please stop by and say hello. Links to entire episodes as well as presentations from these coaches can be found in the show notes. Follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.